Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett takes a knee. And the Steelers upset the Browns and are one and one. That's the end of the game with a final score. Pittsburgh 26, Cleveland 22. As we finished talking about 10 minutes ago at Eckershirt Stadium, or at least what seems like 10 minutes ago. And, of course, I'm Max, you are in – where are you, by the way? I am in Chicago right now. You're in Chicago. <laughs> yes, I am. And it is raining here in Chicago, in case anybody wanted to know or cared. <laughs> the windy city is now the rainy city. Yes, it is. It is. I'm glad it didn't rain last night or this morning. Or... <laughs> Well, Whenever you want to classify the end of the game. <laughs> no doubt about it, my friend. Well, that was that was amazing. That was one of the weirdest games that I've ever seen. I mean, you talk about length, you talk about turnovers, you talk about big plays, no plays, all kinds of stuff. It truly fit everything in the good, the bad, and the ugly about what can go on on, on the big stage of Monday Night Football. Would you not say so, my friend? I would agree. We got good, bad, ugly, weird, funny, and, you know, <laughs> darn right adulating at the end. You know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is we got the W. That's it. And now we're here to parse the straws on how or what that W looks like or means or however we want to quantify it. But it's always better to talk about things on a Victory Tuesday. Yes, because it's now what it, is. <laughs> it becomes a DT, a Donut Tuesday. You know, I was so yes. disappointed. I went by Dunkin' Donuts at the bottom of the hill. I was gonna, I was thinking about stopping in to get some, because there's nothing that ingratiates you as much as a good donut with all your buddies on a good win. Even though you know the game was this and that and everything, but the bottom line was the win. Get the W. How much worse? And Wes said it as as we were sitting here. He goes, "How much worse would you feel right now if the Steelers had lost that game and we're still here on about ten minutes sleep talking about it?" Now it was it put everything in perspective because yeah, that would have been awful. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely would have been awful, and I think you know for as much that went on in that game to come out of it um, with the win. And I said this last night or nine and a half minutes ago, or the 10 minutes that we've been <laughs> off air, um, you know, a perfect home Monday night record over the career of Mike Tomlin um, that stayed intact and, I feel like that kind of lucky rabbit's foot. Right. Sometimes, you know what? You just need it. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my gosh, 
you know, the style points. It doesn't matter. Style no. points don't matter. This is not college football. This is not a committee deciding who goes to the, the college football playoff. Right, right. The schedule and all these other. No, in this league, you win and you're in, and we have a win to get closer to trying to get in at the end of the season. That's all that matters. You win and you're in, and you don't and you won't. That's the way it is. I mean, it's just as simple as you put it out there. So, again, I like the fact that you're grooving in the same way. No no style points needed here. Now, there's some obvious things that are going on that are needed to be put together here, namely the running game, because you can't depend just on stellar defensive work, of course. Um, and at the same time, the defense has some of its own leakages that they've got to plug. So – there's a, there's a lot going around throughout the whole locker room that needs to be, you know, adjudicated here and, and people moving forward with it. But let me just at the top of the show here for me, okay? Look, I know there's a lot of people that are abbreviated about Matt Canada and everything. Look, he's got some skin in the game because he sits at the buck stops here desk of being the offensive coordinator. But if you tell me looking at that last night and say – all right, offensively, as you watch guys coming through on a blitz, unabated, hitting the quarterback, when you see, you know, I mean, everybody has got some blame in this offense sputtering, okay? And everybody's got some good stuff that they did last night with the George Pickens, you know, 71-yard catch and run, and the 25-yarder and the 23-yarder that he tacked down there, and the 17- and 21-yarder that Najee Harris broke in, you know? You got to be more consistent, though, and they know it. We all know it. You and I have been there. We've seen this. We've seen it from the inside out, my friend. And you know, it's it's a tough thing, but you gotta you're gonna have to be able to deal with the consequences of what's going on. You're you're going to have to deal with it because I didn't hear anybody in the preseason belly aching about it. In fact, everybody in the preseason was salivating. Right. They were wanting it more like having fresh baked cookies on a table <laughs> and you hadn't eaten all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, so, okay, let me stop you there because you know what I walked okay. into last night? I got home. You know, I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad, but I got home and there were these beautiful chocolate chip cookies sitting on the kitchen table. And I got to tell you, I broke I in am, there and had a couple, buddy, before I, I, I crashed I out am, last night. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not happy for you, Wolf, I hope. <laughs> I I, I, I I hope I hope I hope that you almost had a cavity. You know, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> almost, almost had a cavity. Oh, oh my brother, yes. We can sink to new lows of pettiness, yeah. can't we? Yeah, when yeah. chocolate yes, chip cookies can. are involved. We to fresh chocolate chip cookies. You know what? Because I tried to bite into a chocolate chip cookie. Um, uh, you know, that I thought I'd snuck. Uh-huh. From the uh, from the cat, it was hard as a brick. So, no. so yeah, so no. So I am, I am totally sending those vibes. I don't, I don't want a real one to happen. I just want, I just want the illusion of one temporarily, just for a couple of seconds, to appear and then disappear. That 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 that's where my pettiness level is right now. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> All right, before oh. I, I, I before I distracted you with the chocolate chip t- cookie talk, where were you going there, my friend? So I was just saying that that it, it's funny how fast we turn. Yeah. Um, everybody loved Matt Canada's play calling. They were praising it in the preseason, right? And literally two weeks into the season, yeah, things have not gone a- as planned. But also, you know, to what you alluded to, Wolf. I mean, 
let's rewind the clock. You know, we couldn't get off the, we couldn't stay on the field on third downs. Right. And so for us to sit there and have a problem with Matt Canada, when there was more, like you said, to be put, to be spread around the blame pie, the slices can be pretty equally divvied up. It's not just a huge Matt Canada slice of this, you know, accuracy from your quarterback, offensive line creating holes, running backs hitting those holes, when the ball actually gets to you catching said football. So there's a lot of things, as you said, there's equality in this. Uh, you know, cut that pie into one fourteenth, right? Yeah. Um, not just one eleventh, which is just the, the 11 guys on the field and not just the coordinator. There's 12... But the guys who come and sub in that right. also have to have a job, either blocking, route running, catching, rushing, all the above, and it did not look good. I'll, I'll give it to you. Heck, we both saw it last night and talked about it during the broadcast. Right. But we also we also recognize it's a team effort. Yes. It is a team effort when you win. It is a team effort when you lose. And last night, we won, despite everything else. We won. And you have to remember, the Steelers weren't expected to win. They were a home dog in this game. Good point. When, when have you heard that? So the fact that they defied those expectations, everybody should be happy. It's different if we came in and we were supposed to be 10-point favorites, Wolf. Right. Right? We're supposed to come in. We're supposed to just throw the ball all over, and we're going to beat the crap out of everybody. No. We came in three-point underdogs in this game. So we were supposed to lose by a field goal. And we defense did not allow that to happen. Big plays on their part did not allow that to happen. And then we, like you said, I enjoyed the splash plays. I enjoyed a 71-yard uh, pitch and toss, pick it to Pickens. Right. I enjoyed Jalen Warren getting a 30-yard uh, swing pass and, and, and having another explosive there. Like you said, at the end of the game, then Najee was actually able to run um, and get some positive yards because early on, it's tough sledding. He wants to run between the tackles, but guess what? There was nowhere to run between the tackles. No. Because there was Miles Garrett, there was Smith, there, there was Tomlinson, Elliott, Hurst. Taki Taki, yeah. Hurst, I, everybody. I mean, Ward, yeah. <laughs> Newsom. Yeah. Everybody, everybody had a turn at blowing up and, and knifing through this defense. So to put on one person is not fair. No. And so, Temper your emotions. Luckily, they'll be able to learn from this and move on. But it's always easier to learn and receive information and criticism after a victory than it is a loss. So you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta pump the brakes and just hold on. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, let me just—I'm going to give you Mason Cole's quote. Okay, that, that that was in the paper this morning. It wasn't the plays. It was a lack of execution again. Notice he uses the word again. For whatever reason, these last two weeks we haven't executed to the level that we know we can. Why do they know that they can execute to a better level? Because they came out of camp in a preseason where they're executing the plays. Just because even if it's against second teamers, as it, they had to run some of them, uh, okay, in the preseason – execution is still the the premium thing you know and you've got better people yeah but you know we have better people too and that's where you've got to decide what's going on but again it's about the execution to me I know there's some things that we can clean up uh schematically and so forth 
that I'm sure Matt Cannon says I can. This can be done better this way. And the in the players, the players got to be able to execute what's going on. I mean, and that's really it. And, and and Mason goes, we got to get that fixed. Yeah, absolutely. But again, he says it was the lack of execution again. So there's an, a deep acknowledgement offensively about what's going on. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and nobody's going to be harder on on, on, on seven players. Right. So as hard as you think you can be as a fan, as an onlooker on this situation, and as many darts as you can throw, so to speak, um, the player, the players that that pales in comparison. You know, that might as well be might as well be a Nerf gun compared to the to the daggers that we'll throw at ourselves to, because we know what proper execution looks like we know what improper execution looks like we know when we've got we've got whipped and we know when we should be whipping right and so you know this victory is going to be taken with a very hard light from the offensive side of the ball now defense listen give them their roses the <laughs> yeah. defense without cam hayward played phenomenally yes and they they played like the number one defense in the league last night they were disruptive they caused problems issues and quandaries and yes 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 they gave a hundred yard rusher right and nick chubb was well on his way to getting to 100 yards until he was injured but gotta have it moments and making quote unquote the better quarterback coming into this game by a lot of prognosticators you know, look like the worst quarterback in that game. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, for as much as you want to talk about Ken- Kenny's inaccuracy and everything, else, I have never, Wolf, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have never in the history of this game seen a quarterback get two face mask penalties <laughs> in a season, a career, a one-month stretch, <laughs> let alone a freaking game. In yeah. critical moments, to have on top of already twice, losing twice, right? Right. So you're giving up the ball that way, throwing interception, like his turnovers. Deshaun Watson single-handedly lost the that game, and it was one of those things where it was because of the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense sacked, hit, knocked around, and whipped up and people were like hey well you know that dewan jones kid didn't do bad i was like listen dewan jones might as well have called him frito lay last night okay <laughs> he had more chips in the factory so yes he's going to do okay we're left yeah. alone to his own devices four quarterback hits and sack <laughs> you know what i'm saying there you like, go yeah <laughs> let's, let's let's keep it real and in perspective here like you had to do all of that to contain T.J. Watt, and you still never contained him. You only slowed like a speed bump in a in a parking lot. That's about all you did. Car still got to the still, car still got to the space. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Didn't get there as fast. And now T.J. Watt is the all time sack leader um, for the Steelers franchise. Um, and when I tell you our outside backers played stupendously great, um, understatement. Understatement. Listen, give those guys indeed. an offensive game ball. Because both of them scored touchdowns for us. <laughs> exactly. All right, Max. What we're gonna we're gonna take a break because we got the cool breeze, Jerry Dulac, 
I'm sorry, Rob King. Rob King. Got, Rob I, King. I got it mixed up. Rob King. Wesley's and sitting then right Bob here. Bob Labriola's at 11. Okay? Yes, thank you. Because here's, here's the thing. King. The old man was just, you know, I just was overcome by lack of sleep right there. That was a dysfunctional yeah. brain right because there. Because you saw Jerry in his in his cool blazer right before he <laughs> left last night. I know. It was like you you counted Dulacs in your sleep instead of, instead of sheep. I know. Well, I get it. That and a couple <laughs> chocolate chip cookies, my friend. Okay. We're going to be true. back with more because coming up, coming up is indeed going to be Rob King, the Kinger, coming along in the live after we come back after this break. We'll be back with more in the locker room. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, we're back inside the locker room and we have a new member of the roundtable of fun that we have on this show on a weekly basis. That's right, we're introducing a new squirrel to the uh, to the tree. Uh, uh, you can hear him on the Steelers post game show. He's he does DVE Power Hour. He's got the Monday Point After Show now. It's the one, the only, Mister Rob King. Rob, hey, it's been all of four hours since I last saw you. How are you today? <laughs> Doing well, my friend. Thank you. That was uh, listen. You know, uh, we're we're thinking about ways to couch this. Um, it wasn't the prettiest game, right? But somebody's got to win. Yeah. And it might as well yeah. be you. You know, people talk about games being a work of art, right? Hey, this wasn't a work of art. Well, um, you know, the defense painted, painted a Rembrandt. Uh, the offense maybe stole a, a little bit of a Velvet Elvis, but uh, you'll take the painting, <laughs> you'll take the victory, and you'll move on, you know? Listen, color, color, by, color by numbers. <laughs> color by numbers works for a lot of people, I'm telling you. you know? Hey, listen, it's let's okay. just get the win and fi- fi- figure it out. I'd rather be figuring it out after a win than figuring it out after a loss. Good point. No. Absolutely, absolutely, and you got to have a short-term memory loss because you got a short week and traveling to Vegas this week. So it's like, take it wherever we can get it. Uh, you listen, listen. I, hey, I'll be happy just to find a penny that's face up, you know, on the sidewalk. I, I'm not, I'm not it's turning for it away. sure. Same way, that's right. It still spins. So, but, uh, but Rob, <laughs> I mean, when, when you look at this, I mean, you know, we were trying to go through kind of some of the bright spots. You know, when you're talking about progression from week one to week two. Um, and there was a lot that needed to be fixed from week one to week two. Um, but we did see some progress. We did see a more than more than seven points scored and we saw less than 30 points scored by the opponent. So (laughs) right there, ding, 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 just kind of your, your overall thoughts, um, just from that perspective of what, what grew from week one to week two. I think without question, the defense, I mean, you know, I, I think, Really, guys, because the offense has become such a big story, the defense, and I think the special teams, which I didn't think was great against San Francisco either outside of McFarland's kickoff returns, I think those are two areas the Steelers, you know, the Steelers fans kind of, you know, weren't paying as much attention to because of the deficiencies of the offense in week one against San Francisco. But, I mean, the 49ers, let's face it, they had their way with the Steelers' defense. And people kind of forgot about that because – 
we were so excited about watching the offense in the offseason and, uh, you know, watching them progress through the preseason. Five touchdowns on, on their five drives in the preseason. Uh, you know, get the ball first, you know, elect to receive. Let's see what the offense – and then the offense goes three and out, three and out, interception, three and out, three and out. So everyone was focused on the offense. But, you know, the defense didn't do many favors either. Just like the offense didn't do the defense any favors, the defense didn't do the offense any favors either. So I think that the, the defensive progression was, was huge last night. Now, they were having trouble stopping the run. Um, obviously, that, that gruesome, ghastly uh, injury to Nick Chubb, mm. um, which was awful to see. I mean, he was, he was running the ball against them. Um, but I think the defense did what they needed to do. I thought Larry Ogunjobi played a phenomenal game. Uh, you know, I, obviously, the two outside guys were incredible. But you needed somebody to step up in the absence of Cam. Um, and I thought, you know, Lay Allen Benton um, flashed up front. So I think that when you, when you look at the down linemen um, and the two, you know, the two highly paid you know, superstar outside rushers, um, and then the guys coming in behind them to give them some depth and not have a huge drop off. Um, so that if you get into a game where you're being out snapped by 20 snaps again or thereabouts, you can get those guys out there. So I thought that was to me the, the, the number one thing. And then, you know, the special teams, you know, Percy Harvin's uh, punts, um, a couple of them, maybe you got fortuitous rolls, but I don't care. Sometimes you get unfortuitous rolls, you know? Right. Um, right. And, and, uh, and I thought the special teams, um, you know, I think there's still some room there. Uh, I like the, I like the punt return. Um, you get a 14 yard punt return that sets your offense up in pretty good shape. I thought that was pretty good. You know, you get, you get an offsides on the extra point. We might be talking more about that if this game hadn't worked out because they go for two. Um, uh, you know, they, they kick the extra point. It's good. They go for two because of the offsides. They get it. And then later they chase two again because of the score, the way the score wound up being, which they wouldn't have done at that instance had they kicked the extra point. So really a special teams gaffe wound up costing you two points on the scoreboard. So that's why I say it was kind of a mixed bag for me special teams wise. But to me, if you're looking for positives, that and then, you know, Pickens – wow, I, I just want to see this guy get the ball more and more because every time he touches it, it seems like you're holding your breath waiting for something really exciting to happen. No question about it. And, uh, you know, I love how you went uh, through the, the whole dichotomy of things, but I'm going to pin you down to something that I gave to Max earlier, and it's a quote from Mason Cole because I'm, I'm just a strong believer and along the lines with Mason Cole, I do believe – Hey, you got to get some schematics going differently. You, but you gotta, you gotta be able to play and take hold of the fact you're not executing. Mason Cole said it wasn't the plays; it was a lack of execution again. For whatever reason, these last two weeks we haven't executed to the level that we know we can. We got to get that fixed. What would you say when you read or hear a quote like that? Well, first of all, I love when a player says that and steps up and takes accountability. I think it's great. I think that's what a player should do. Um, but having said that, I think there's a combination. I think that, you know, you find yourself, um, you know, sometimes I, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the field and wondering, you know, is anybody open on this particular pattern? And if they're not, is that player execution? Um, is that play call? I don't know. Um, you know, <laughs> I've always found football to be very difficult to know, you know, for sure, what is everybody's assignment, right? You know, so, um, you know, maybe an offensive lineman is, is cagey enough wolf to maybe you got a double team block on a guy and you see, hey, you know what, I don't need to help there. Maybe I can slide off and help on the linebacker or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for me to look 
necessarily and say, hey, I know for sure what was going on here. Um, I know for sure it was execution or for sure it was a play call. I would say when you are averaging nine and a half points on offense, um, you know, through two weeks of play, that everything is up for discussion. Uh, execution, <laughs> schemes, play calls, everything's up for discussion. You know, it's so funny because every time I start talking about execution, I'm always taken back to John McKay, who in the fits of oh. yet another loss in his first year of NFL life in Tampa Bay, when he, he was asked about his team's execution, and he said, I'm all for it. <laughs> you know, it, it hard to he began – so for fans out there, he, he took over the expansion Tampa uh, yes. franchise and went 0-14 his first year and then 0-12 uh, to begin his next year. So and, and he was, you know, he was a wildly successful coach at USC, built that program into a, a, a powerhouse, you know, Heisman Trophy winners all the time. Uh, but he had some, you know, another way he started another press conference where he said, um, well, we didn't block anybody, but we made up for it by not tackling. Um, you know, just see, he, he was... <laughs> he, he was just uh, one more quick John, real quick um he was uh you know just to show you what uh kind of a sense of humor he had you know he's talking to the media one day and they're asking him about stuff and um he got frustrated and uh you know his, his weekly press conference and he said you guys don't know you know uh football from a bunch of bananas so the writers who really liked mckay uh, the next day mckay came in and there was a bunch of bananas on his lectern um you know <laughs> And he said, hey, I'm sorry I misspoke yesterday. I didn't say I, I didn't mean to say you guys don't know football more than a bunch of bands. What I said was what I meant to say was um, you got, you know, you guys know less about football than a Mercedes Benz. So, you know, just little <laughs> things like that. You know, he, so he, he was a, he was a really, really funny guy. But yes, anyway, I, I, I digressed a little bit because I, I just uh, he was, you know, amidst the shambles of an O in 2016. By the way, they, they did wind up eventually turning that around. But uh Amidst that shambles, he was a he was a beauty. But yeah, the the execution, uh, Wolf. To answer, to go back to your question, the execution and the um, uh, you know, I I think everything has to be everything has to be on the table when you're not putting up points. Everything, you know, personnel, execution, uh, schemes, everything has to be you know I think brought up to you know. And listen, one other thing we should point out, and this is not to excuse him, um, but this is to point toward the coming weeks. I mean, they did play the number one defense in the league, talking, you know, strictly about the Steelers' offense. And uh, that Cleveland defense is, is pretty good, too. I mean, you know, you have Miles Garrett. They added to Darius Smith, um, who was out for a little while in yesterday's game, then returned. Um, you bring Dalvin Tomlinson to the middle to shore up kind of one of their weaknesses, which was stopping the run. Um, you know, they, made out, they went out and made some big-time acquisitions. They've got a talented defense, great corners. Um, look, that's not to excuse them because you want to – you know, the Steelers' stated goal every year is to challenge for a Super Bowl. So those are the kind of teams you're going to have to succeed against. Um, you didn't really succeed against them early. You hope you can get the arrow pointing upward, get a, a few other opponents that will help you get into a groove and gain an identity offensively in the coming weeks. No, you're absolutely right, Rob. And I think, you know, when you put it in that type of perspective, you know, you went from some of probably the worst defensive play in the preseason, uh, you know, between, right, sure. you know, what you saw in Tampa Bay, what you saw in Atlanta, what you saw, you know, against the Bills, um, to now it's real. It matters. It counts. And now you have to put up or shut up. And this team's take, taking it back a little bit because, you know, when you step back and look at it, you're depending on a lot of young guys. 
to get things done. Um, you know, a third year left tackle, you know, you have a second year quarterback starting first year, you know, having the reins from the off season into season, third year running back, third year tight end, um, second year wide receiver. That's now your number one receiver because Deontay is out. Like we have to appreciate that aspect of it. And then the rest of your, your tight end group, uh, first year and second year. So there's a lot of youth on this side of the ball. They don't have a lot of NFL experience, like what they've gone against the last two weeks defensively. Right. You know, so when you look at that, the, the tests are still coming and you haven't really got, you, you didn't get to really study the entire chapter. You got the cliff nose version and then you went out there on the field. Um, at the end of the day, yeah. you are a professional, but we, there is something to be said about experience in this league and you have to gain it somehow. And it's in these fires that you do it. And right now you're at 500 going up against arguably two of the better defenses in this, in, in their respective conferences. You know, the only ones that's outside of that might be what Dallas and Philly um, that are, that, that are playing at a higher clip, but you're still playing two top five defenses right now. And your own defense played at a top five level last night, this morning. For sure. And, you know, I, I think those are all really, really great points. You know, and the other thing I think that at least has to be considered is that this team at the end of last year was they did have an identity. Right now through two games, we have not really seen an offensive identity because they just haven't been able to get any traction. All the three and outs are just, you know, and, and they just haven't been able to sustain drives and keep things going. And, yes, the, the quality of the opposition has something to do with that. You know, the other thing is I'm sure that they're, you know, there's some effort to transition out of the kind of team they were last year, which was, you know, seven and two down the stretch. Uh, it wasn't the hardest schedule, but it was still seven and two down the stretch. But they were running the football. Um, they were opportunistic in the passing game. They didn't turn the ball over. Um, they played great defense, and that was enough to win. Now, the question I think has to be, is that enough to sustain winning at the NFL level? Because you run into teams like the Bills and the Chiefs, and to be an elite team, the Eagles, the Cowboys who you mentioned, there's times where no matter how great your defense is, um, you know, the league tries to legislate to get as much offense as possible. There's times when you, you have to walk out of the tunnel, get onto the field, and think about how are we going to score 30 points or more to win this game. And I, I think that they, you know, they're, they're likely transitioning to the type of team that they were, the identity running the football, but knowing that that's probably not enough to trying to open up uh, the playbook more and get, you know, the ability to have more, you know, big plays and more plays in the passing game. And that's not always a, a pretty transition. It's not always, um, it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Um, you know, I, I hate to bring this example up, but I will. I mean, you know, third year for Ben Roethlisberger, he led the league in interceptions on his way to a hall of fame career um, as an all time great quarterback. It's not always a linear um, you know, model when you move from playing one type of offense to another. Of course, Ben, right after that, you know, uh, just developed and settled into superstar mode. And I don't want to compare Kenny to Ben. I'm just saying what I'm saying is that when you transition from one style of offense, and the Steelers were Jerome Bettis running offense, they wanted to have Ben more in charge, sometimes there are some growing pains when that happens. That's a good point. I mean, that really truly is a good point. It is not a linear growth pattern all the time i mean you know it's not like you know the stock market shooting straight up there man you go through a, a variety of 
things that add to your schooling and add to your ability to be able to contribute at whatever time. I mean, you go back to last year, towards the end of the year, when he, he led uh, comebacks against the Raiders, against the Ravens, right, making big plays. And, again, Kenny, here's the thing that I, that I, I, I enjoy about Kenny. When, when you need it, when you absolutely need it, somehow he seems to get it done overall in a big picture. Now, you know, you got you to raise your percentages. You got to put be put in position to succeed, and all those things come together. But still, he pulled that baby in and dialed that thing up and whipped it out to Pickens, who took it to the house. And to me, you know, that and the added 25 and 23-yarder, you're getting some traction in that area. But the other thing that, that surprised me, was the fact that there was so little tight end involvement when you've got a guy like Fryermuth, you got to get him more involved than targeting him with one with one pass. I agree, and you know you, you do wonder now. The Steelers have not been a team that uses a lot of play action, um, and this year they really haven't been able to establish the run where the play action I think would even be particularly effective. Right. I think a lot of times when I think of the tight end, look, you, you know, you think of you know, the, the classic sort of seam route up the middle uh, where you can where you can hit the tight end. And then you think of, you know, play action and maybe he slips uh, out uh, just beyond or, or in between the linebackers who are frozen a little on play action. But um, regardless of how uh, they get the ball to, Paul, to Pat Firemuth, I agree with you. He's a weapon and they need to get the ball to him more. And I think when I'm looking at this team, you know, um, Austin looks like he could be a weapon. Um, I think Firemuth is a weapon. I think Pickens is a weapon. And I think your two running backs are weapons. So, uh, you know, trying to get the, the ball into your, you know, your playmaker's hands um, in, in a way in which they can make something happen. I mean, you know, a, a little bit of this running attack, guys, reminds me of the beginning of last year when Najee had to break two or three tackles just to get back to the line of scrimmage sometimes. And, again, that goes back to that execution um, is it scheme? Is it play design? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know, um, but I do know, and it's probably, again, it's probably some of all of that. I, I do know that that stuff needs to get fixed, but yes, I agree with you. Well, they, they, you know, I would like to see Friar move. I think he's a weapon. I want to see him getting the ball more. Well, and one of the things that I have Rob is when are we going to see some opportunities for Darnell Washington, six, seven, 270 pounds and runs a four, six. At some point, you have you have to let the you, you have to throw him a ball for tip offs. You know, uh, it, you know if you're highly inaccurate or this that the other, you just send him down the middle of the field and see what he can do. Um, the guy was the guy was jumping over guys, catching balls. Um, you know, in the preseason, in training camp, um, was a was a red zone threat, and we just haven't really seen Darnell Washington also. Um, used in this offense effectively. I mean, obviously, there's one ball, and you just named about six different other weapons. But the fact that we have that many weapons, the offense has to has to have some type of opportunity to where, when when you're scrambling to the sideline and you're deciding whether to throw it, you know, or throw it away or throw it to a guy or even throw it to the defender. Thank God he had brick hands. Um, you know, you have to just try it out. I mean, that's where I think we're kind of at this point where we also want to see a little more creativity in the passing routes. If you're gonna, if you're gonna ha- expose Kenny to that many passing opportunities, I would love to see a couple more deployments to just even the odds, right? Even if you do have a fast pass rush, 
field to get the ball out and throw it in a 50-50 type fashion to a six foot seven guy has to be a better option than throwing it in the dirt or throwing a swing route where on the perimeter this team was really fast at last night. Well, you bring up a great point and, and a bunch of great points, obviously, Max. Well, first of all, the Steelers did not have a single snap in the red zone last night. So that, you know, that kind of, uh, and I do agree, I think Washington would be wonderful down there, although they've got to find ways to get them towards the middle of the field too. But, you know, you think about all these different ways, and we haven't even mentioned Connor Hayward, a player that I, I really like. I mean, sure-handed guy. Um, you know, so you're talking about two tights and then an H-back guy in, in Connor Hayward. And then going into the season, you're, you know, you're thinking, okay, we have Deontay Johnson. Well, how are you going to use Calvin Austin? Well, you can't just put him out there four times a game, right? And say, uh, well, you know, because the defense is going to, okay, here comes Calvin Austin. Uh, it's a jet sweep or a go route. I mean, you have to have him play out there, you know, 10, 12 snaps if he's going to even get three or four touches. And, he, and then and what is he doing on those other eight snaps? Get, you know, he's got to block and he's got to do other things. It's a little bit like, you know, if you're driving a Jeep, you're like, wait till we get to the top of this mountain. The view's incredible. All these different things you're going to see, all these things we can do, but your Jeep's still stuck in the mud. It's at the bottom of the hill. You know, you, you got to get it out of the mud and the top of the hill um, so we can see all these different personnel groupings. And I, I'm super intrigued. I, you know, going into this season, one of the things that I was talking about on one of the shows is how are they going to deploy all these guys? They've got a number of different weapons you can use in a number of different ways. But you can't just bring in uh, player X. You can't bring in Darnell Washington and say, well, okay, here comes a running play. Or, you know, here come, hey, uh, they're either going to run it or they're going to toss a, a little uh, Hail Mary, you know what I'm saying, a little, a little lob pass to him down in the red zone. I mean, these guys have to be able to get out there. But the problem is the snap count. I mean, you look at just, you know, you look at the, the, the first game against San Francisco, you have, you know, eight different guys you want to use. We only had 15 snaps. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know whether it's the cart or the horse, but they've got to get this thing rolling so that they can begin to use Darnell Washington, use Connor Hayward, get an opponent on their heels. Look, oh, hey, you just saw three tights, uh, you know, or two tights and, a, and an H-back. Guess what? Now we're going, you know, four wides over here, and, and now we're going to deploy both running backs in the backfield at the same time. Um, and we didn't even talk about McFarland, who's on the, uh, on the IR. Now, I, I was intrigued to see him get more touches. So, I, I agree, Max. There, there are some guys that I would like to see utilized more, um, but it, it ha- you, you got to get the machine out of the mud before you can start utilizing these guys. No, you're absolutely right, Rob. And it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in Vegas uh, come Sunday. Another primetime game, Sunday Night Football. So yeah. the, rest of the, the rest of the country will be able to see them. Uh, we appreciate the time, Rob, and can't wait to make this now a regular thing. It will be normally on Mondays. But obviously, we have Monday Night Football, so we got a double treat by getting you today. Is, is right. that what it is? Today, Tuesday? <laughs> it, it is. I know. <laughs> I'm really lost here. Okay. <laughs> I know. And it, it's tough to read a sundown, you know, on a cloudy day. I get it, Wolf. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I listen, I'm just happy to be I'm just happy to be another squirrel in the tree, as you put it back. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, he is Rob King. You can hear him on the point after. You can hear him on the Steelers post-game show. Also, he's also on DVE as well. Thank you for the time, Rob. Hopefully you got you can get a little bit more rest before the day progresses, my friend. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, brother. All right. All right. We're going to step aside. You are inside the locker room with Wolf and Starks, Ninjas and Squirrels. We're all there. We got everybody. We're a little squirrely this morning. We'll be back in a minute.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, the amazing thing is Max is in Chicago in a room doing the show. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Here we go. We got something special coming up. Uh-oh. Wesley Euler here at the SNR Breaking News Desk. Gentlemen, I come bringing good tidings of joy and good news. Via Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network, Mega Fitzpatrick was released from the hospital late last night after precautionary scans for what was believed to be a chest contusion. Per sources, those scans were negative, and there's optimism Minka Fitzpatrick will be fine moving forward. I'm Wesley Euler at the SNR Breaking News Desk. Max and Wolf, back to you. Wow, that's good news. Oh, now we got some good news. Yeah. There Boy, we that, go. That was trouble in watching Minka track down Jerome Ford on that 69-yard run and actually clip his heels, bring him down, only to be taken off the field and then later on examined. Yeah, Zooks, man, that's, that's a big thing, Minka being okay. Yes, no, I'm ecstatic because, listen, that defense, what it's already been through, um, losing Cam week one, and then, of course, Minka going off the field. Um, Alanda Roberts also was dinged for a little bit, but got back into the fold. Um, we need those guys as much at full force as possible. Didn't want to see another leader on that defensive side of the ball downed. So that is especially great news. And I thought I was going to get the the voice is in a uh, in a precarious place right now, yeah. Max. That, I gotta pick, it, true. I gotta pick and true. choose my spots. Exactly. I forgot. Yeah, those good old ears, the Mountaineers did their job, boy. <laughs> West Virginia. Oh no. Brawlers. Brawlers. <laughs> hey, Brawlers. Max. Me and you, just a pair of rivalry wins this weekend. I mean, how about you know, it? You know how does you know? It just feels good to be a winner. How does Syracuse do, Wolf? Do you even know? I do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do too. They beat the crap out of Purdue. Yeah. Three and oh Syracuse. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. That's what I heard. <laughs> From Wesley just now. Yeah. Exactly. I ain't saying a word, man. Had no clue five point seven seconds ago, but you know, glad to, glad to get that breaking news out the way as well. Those boilermakers <laughs> got cooled off pretty quick by the Qs, baby. That's what I'm yes. saying. That's right. They evaporated under the pressure. <laughs> that, no, no doubt about it. No, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Minka is okay. That's huge. You know, because, again, as, as you were talking about and Wesley was talking about earlier, the fact is to lose Captain Cam and then come around and then maybe lose a Minka Fitzpatrick. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. You know, the attrition rate off of what's going down. I mean, Deontay Johnson going down. Yeah, Gadzooks. I mean, you just Anthony McFarlane. Yes, uh, Anthony you know, McFarlane. You know, you you look at that. I mean, it's amazing how they the, the Browns just kicked it through the end zone. Did we, I don't think there was a return last night between the both teams. I, no. I don't remember one return as far as kickoff returns. Oh, the, no, z- okay. zero kickoff returns. Okay, zero kickoff returns. Wesley well, was giving me the I, – I got screwed up. He was giving me the high sign for one minute, and I thought he was saying one kickoff return. And so that's how we had this uh, – you know, it's a little a little audible. that got screwed up, that's yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's almost could have Gunner thought about a return, which was a bad decision. Yeah, um, that's but, true. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Other than that, yeah, no. <laughs> Everything else sailed. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But, you know, the thing is, now you've got to regroup on a short week. Um, the one, That one day, people don't understand what one day means to a ball player coming off like a Monday night game. And you know what? We're going to be able to break that down more in the next hour when we come back. But you look at the physicality of this game and then the, <laughs> that one day being taken off, Ooh, that's a tough one. So hang in there. We're going to get back to you. We're going to talk to you. We got Bob Labriola, the great Bob Labs, is going to join us at the top of the hour, who I always look forward to talking to. You got more coming from the locker room right here after this. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.